Welcome to Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. Here we explore the training and development of America's leaders in the application of air power and the profession of arms. The views expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Welcome back to another episode of Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. I am Colin Slade. And I'm Reed Gann, and we're your hosts for Commission Ed. All right, Reed. Today we're going to do a quick episode, another toolbox that people can use to increase their uh, development as officers in the Air Force or in preparation for becoming one. This toolbox, we're going to focus on the topic of professional reading. I was going to say something corny about, you know, we're going to make jokes about my name this whole episode. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> I've heard these since I can remember. So I've heard them all. Yes, they're just as funny as you think they are. But anyway, yes, I actually love reading. And we'll talk more about that later in my tips and tricks. But yeah, hugely passionate about this subject. You simply must read. And I know we'll cover it, but I'm, I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, you should be. This episode is going to be your namesake. Exactly, right? This will be my legacy. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's by no mistake, it, it, it's certainly no accident that this episode is taking place, that we are bringing this information to you, because if you have been a longtime listener of this show, first of all, thank you very much. If you haven't, we invite you to go back and listen to each of the different episodes, especially the ones that we have talked about professional development and also the interviews that we've done with various guests on the, the podcast, because the topic of professional reading has come up multiple, multiple times. Yeah, something I want to throw in here, and it's going to be coming in some future episodes as well. We do not handpick, you know, selectively choose officers to interview and say, hey, say something about reading. That is not how this goes. Uh, this is something that each of them have identified as something that is critical to their own development. And when you hear something this many times from this many different people, maybe it's important. I don't know. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know it's a uh, cliche saying, but it's absolutely true that leaders are readers. 100%. So before we get into some tips and tricks, thing, you know, some actionable items, on the topic of professional reading. First, we should define what are we talking about when we say professional reading? What's your take on it, Reed? When I think about professional reading, I think it should be reading deliberately done in order to improve some aspect of what you are as a professional. And I think that requires, again, that ability to assess self, to know where your strengths and weaknesses are, to know what's going on in the world, to know what happened in history, which will provide context for everything that's going on. I will talk a little bit more about why I think even bringing in fiction and science fiction and things like that matters, but it's, I think it's something that you're doing deliberately to try and make yourself better, not just trying to pass the time on an airline. Yeah, absolutely. I like that you highlighted that the reading you are doing should support you in your profession. Because we've said many times on this podcast, and it will come up again and again, 
that this is not just a job, it's a career, it's a, it's a profession that requires a higher level of capability and intellect and commitment to the organization and its overall mission. So when we talk about professional reading, we are talking about studying and consuming and internalizing topics that are going to enhance your ability to be a better leader, a better technician, a better servant, a better manager of people, time, resources. And I know that sounds very like corporate, very business-like, but we're not just talking about business books. We're not just talking about reading historical accounts of how various wars or battles were won or lost. We're talking about all types of information that are going to help you be more effective in your role as an Air Force officer. And one of the things that we value in our Air Force officers, we, we mentioned it previously, is this idea of, of improving the unit. Well, part of improving the unit is improving yourself. And it, part of improving yourself is to be continuously learning. And there are many ways that you can continuously learn. But reading is definitely one of the fastest and most effective ways for you to fill in the, the gaps of things not typically covered in formalized education. And this includes in our commissioning sources. Something I want to throw in here, even a cursory glance at some of the most important developments in all of human history, if it's not the most important, it is certainly in the top two or three, the development of movable type, which made for the mass production of books, has been and will always be one of the most important things that has ever happened in the history of mankind because of its ability to transmit knowledge. That is what makes us different than the animals, is our ability to communicate, gain, and retain knowledge and pass it on to others at levels that are simply not observed anywhere else. And not only that, with all the technology that's happened and change that's gone on in the world, books are still a thing. They still exist. We still have them in our houses. And I think they're going to persist for a long time. And that's because of how much value they add to our lives. Absolutely. So with that cursory understanding of what professional reading is, let's talk briefly about why we think professional reading or just reading in general, even though we, you have just you know, reemphasized how important it is, Let's talk very briefly about why it is that someone would avoid or not participate in the practice of professional reading. Oh, well, here's where I'm going to throw my I'm busy hat in the ring, and that's probably the central point for a lot of folks. But it's, it's reality, right? And we'll talk a little bit more later in my tips and tricks about the format. I think we get wound up in the format because there's some things we can do to lower those barriers. But People are busy. They've got a lot of stuff going on. And the thought of sitting down and, quote, doing nothing else for an hour, 45 minutes or whatever, that can be really daunting for folks. Yeah. Like you said, just sitting down and reading feels really unproductive because 
you're not up, you're not moving, you're not producing anything, you're not communicating out externally out towards somebody, you're not firing off those ever important emails, you know, people shy away from it because it feels like it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort for not a lot of return on investment. Additionally, I think in our modern era, there are so many things competing for our attention that it's also a little bit hard to get into a groove. You have this, you know, amazing electronic device, most likely in your pocket, which contains, oh, I don't know, the entire knowledge of all mankind, uh, but it wants your attention regularly. It buzzes, it flashes, it makes pretty pictures come up. I mean, that can be distracting. You combine that with smart home technology, with children, with spouses, I mean, come on, there's a lot that can compete for your attention. Not to mention the actual demands of this profession of having to complete the mission to you know, generate sorties, to make sure you know paperwork is properly processed, that people are getting the training and are properly organized. Right? There's so much that's calling for your finite amount of intention and time in a day that yeah it makes it really easy to slough the professional reading part off yep and i know like i said we'll address some of these some of the things you can do to reduce the barriers to kind of ease the friction that we experience another thought that i had was that people recognize how truly important reading is maybe it's it's not that they don't think it is important but they see that it is so important that they don't want to do it wrong you know that they fear getting started lest they get started on the wrong foot, head down the wrong path, read the wrong books, waste all this time and energy and, and effort in the pursuit of something that ultimately doesn't yield any fruit. Yeah, that's a really good point. One of the things I used to do with my students is I would Google or I'd go to Amazon or some other store that sold books and I would type leadership and just see how many millions millions with an M of books were available on the topic. That's daunting. If you're not sure where to start, just even picking which book. Have you ever walked into a library and thought, I don't know what I'm going to look at here? That's a, that's a pretty daunting task. So yeah, totally agree. So before we move into kind of our hints, tips, and tricks and some other key aspects, we're just going to foot stomp again how important this is to our profession. Even our continuing education, our professional military education, Squadron Officer School, Air Command and Staff College, and Air War College are centered in and around significant amounts of reading. And we haven't even talked about SAS yet. And basically, that's a book a day for a year. And they're not joking. That is actually what you're going to do. And what is SAS read? It's Strategic Air and Space Studies. Basically, it's an advanced course uh, that is selectively manned, usually from folks that are already at Air Command and Staff College. Um, those folks are there to become strategists and they are quite simply some of the best of the best and they will tell you that they are not joking it is a book a day and they learn to quote eviscerate a book i heard that from a current SAS student that was a, i thought that was a great line which that also brings up another reason why some people might not get started they don't actually know how to read a book that the the idea of eviscerating a book is something that is so far beyond them they don't actually know how to do it much less you know, do it well yep for sure all right so we've talked a little bit 
about what professional reading is, what are some of the stumbling blocks, some of the things that get in the way or the obstacles of of doing, of participating in professional reading. Let's now open up the discussion about some of our favorite tips and tricks, things that we have felt have been effective for us in the pursuit of professional reading. Sounds good. So I need to provide a little bit of background and context because I think this will help qualify me as someone who can help others to become better readers. So as we let off with the episode, yes, with a name like mine, either I was I was destined from the beginning to either hate or love reading, right? I just, I can't avoid even the word. Uh, and I'm certainly in the category of those who absolutely love to read. It's something that I've always, always uh, enjoyed. So to the fact that one of the things that was hard for me at, at school when I was getting my degrees was that it wasn't the amount of reading, but it was that I wasn't able to pick what I wanted to read. Instead, I was reading what I had to read. And that became really frustrating. Then it became, you know, multiplied up to 11 when I was in graduate school. Colin, have you ever read primary scientific literature? I have attempted it, but it didn't take too long before my eyes glazed over and I found myself in a puddle of my own drool on the floor. It is literally the worst writing ever. I have multiple gigabytes of PDFs of primary scientific literature that I had to review for my thesis. It seems like that's all I did. And it is the worst type of reading ever. Yeah, it's just not, it's not written well. It, it's, it's written well for what it's supposed to do, which is to convey extremely precise information yeah. and nothing else. There is no joy in this. <laughs> I mean, they may have discovered the cure for something incredibly important and all they'll do is, you know, they'll 25 cent words. And it's just awful. All right, enough said. All of that goes into the background for kind of where I'm going to start. All right. Got it. I didn't read a nonfiction book for the better part of a decade. And my primary interest, what got me interested in reading as a child, was fiction. And that was very hard for me. So as soon as college was done, I immediately went to fiction because I was excited. I was graduated. I could get back to reading. And the last things I'm going to say is I have three children. The first two are absolute consumers of books. We go to the library twice a week, and that is not often enough. And my third child is well on her way to becoming another voracious reader. My wife was not a reader, and she is now. And the last thing I'll say is I stayed at a Holly Inn Express last night. So <laughs> all of that, I can help you with these tips and tricks to get over some of the barriers to reading. So with that, we'll start with number one. The first and most important tip and trick I have for you is you need to relax. You need to start where you are. Do not worry. Do not compare yourself to that person who three days after the chief of staff's reading list is out, they've already read everything on it. Do not worry about others. Focus on you and where you are. And it's okay if you haven't read a book in 10 years. That is fine. We're going to fix that. But start where you are and take the first step. So that's my first tip. I think a lot of people, Colin, we kind of talked about it, right? They compare themselves to others. They don't know where to start. And so it becomes overwhelming and then they just stop. So let's not do that. Let's just decide wherever I am is totally fine. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else. And I'm going to take the first step today. Can I just point out something right there? Yeah, please. It's interesting to me to see how well that parallels exercise. 
and fitness and living a healthy lifestyle that so often we compare ourselves to the InstaFit models and are unwilling to get started in the process of getting stronger or faster or or better at any sort of physical skill because we we compare ourselves to the olympians or the strongmen or whoever that are already at the elite level and are there because they are genetic freaks to begin with or anything that we need to learn and grow right i am a mediocre at best guitar player i enjoy it but if i were to look at youtube channels and clips of people playing songs that i'm trying to learn i would develop a complex I've watched you play, Colin. For example, you're a much better guitar player than me. If I were to say, I'll never be as good as Colin Slade, I will never be as good, right? <laughs> so I just need to decide that it's okay where I am and start today and just take my first steps. Yeah, I love that principle. I love that you started there. For anything that you want to get better at in your life, and in this specific context, professional reading, start where you are. All right, so that's the first one. Start where you are. Tip number two, at first, I don't want you to worry about the topic as much as I want you to find something you like. Anytime I hear someone say, I'm not a reader, my first thought is, you just haven't found the right book yet. I promise, I promise, I promise, you will find something written by someone in a way about a topic, whatever it is, that will grab you. One of my best friends growing up, he's a big hunter fisher. And he read a book about a guy in the, in the West of the U.S. that was a big hunter. I found it incredibly dull writing. He just absolutely loved it. And that's where he started, right? It takes all types. Just find something you think you'll be interested in and start with that. All right, so that's the second one. Don't worry about the topic as much as getting started. All right, the third, and this is a big one for me. If you end up not liking a book, if you are not enjoying it, if you aren't getting out of it what you wanted to or what you expected to, stop reading the book. You do not, and I have this written in all caps on my notes here, you do not have to finish every book you start. Can you say it in all caps? I am trying with my hands, which they can't see. There are too many good books out there to waste your time with garbage writing, poor plots, or lousy material. You are not a quitter. You just value your time. Now, all of that said, there is something through pushing through a slow chapter or maybe reading about a topic that makes you feel uncomfortable, that challenges your key assumptions or your identity or things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just a bad book. Right. And you'll know where the line is. You'll know. Yeah. Anything about vampires written by Stephanie Meyer, you know. Be kind, Colin. That might be exactly what they need. Be kind to everyone. You know, Ellen, she's a really great person, and she says be kind. You should be kind. Whatever it takes, right? And But for maybe, Colin, for you, maybe that's where you may have started, and you're like, no, this is not working for me. That is okay. It is okay to close a book and put it away. That is allowed. I'm giving everyone permission here today. You heard it here. You do not have to finish every book you start. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought this one up because remember that library that you talked about walking into and you're like, I don't know where to start or that Amazon search with the millions upon millions of books on leadership. 
you don't have to read all of them. In fact, you probably shouldn't because I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm going to throw out a, a number. Probably 90% of them are not worth your time. There, there may be some things that you can get out of every single one of those books, but just get the things that you need and get out of there because your time is worth it. Business books especially, and really you could say this about all professional reading type books, anything about business, strategy, leadership, ethics, those kinds of things are not meant to be read cover to cover. They're meant to be read a small bit at a time. You're supposed to get in there, grab five to 10 things that you can use and then get out again. Yep. Put them in practice. And then as you reach that next hurdle, that might be the next chapter in the book. You get back to the book. It's almost like a reference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So please, for the love of all that is holy, if it's not working for you, if it's not good, if the writing is dull, it's okay to stop. Because if you push through, it may kill that desire to read again. And that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to build that flame. All right. So start where you are. Don't worry about the topic. Find something you enjoy. And if it's not good, stop. All right. Those are the first three. All right. Here's um, tip number four. I feel that the format of reading is a lot less important than the actual act. So let me talk about format. I'm talking audiobooks versus a hard copy versus an ebook on a Kindle or whatever. It's the act that matters. And I think you should use those different tools to lower the barriers to success. Let me talk about my wife, for example. I told you earlier that she's a reader now. Yes. She struggles to feel good about herself if she's sitting still. That's something that has been a big block for her. But she has no problem putting on an audiobook while she does other things around the house or is driving somewhere. And that's the way she's been able to become a reader is she's used audiobooks to lower that barrier. Sitting down just doesn't work for her. Uh, something that has helped me is when I travel, I used to bring like three or four books in a carry-on. That is not okay, right? That That is a barrier to me reading. So I bought a Kindle and now I have books when I travel. That is a big plus for me. So whatever you need, some people need the physical copy, right? They need to underline. They need to be able to look at it, right? Whatever it is, use the different format that's going to lower the barrier for your success. It's the act that matters. It's not the format. Yeah. And that act that we're specifically referencing is the pursuit of professional knowledge that will help you to be a more effective leader, a more effective Air Force officer. However you can get it, whatever works for you at that time, in that circumstance, that is what you should pursue. Yep. And I use all those tools differently for different reasons and different purposes. So whatever you need, lower the barriers to success. Tip number five, make it part of a routine. I'm a big fan of routines. I'm a creature of habit. It's one of the reasons I think the military works for me is I crave structure. I succeed very well. I have my life calendared out by, you know, hour increments through, I don't know, 2021. Like that's just how I like to do things. So make it part of a routine. I know some folks that when they look forward to vacations, because that allows them to get those books read that they've been looking forward to. That's a really common thing. So whatever works for you, find a way to work it into your routine. Yeah, when it comes to making something part of your routine, that means that you have to like, you have to protect that time. You have to block it out on your schedule and you have to be willing to say to 
the other things that are competing for your attention, be it your phone, be it your kids, your, your family members, your work or whatever, you have to protect that time, prioritize it so that you get your reading done. Because if you don't protect it, if you don't dictate to your schedule what your priorities are, then somebody or something else will. Yeah, I think it's especially important early as you're trying to develop the habit. Really be vigilant early, and then you'll find that it just becomes part of your daily routine and it becomes a little bit easier to protect that time. Yeah, and again, start where you are. If this is something that you're uncertain about, start small. Block out maybe 10 minutes a day, maybe one hour a week where you are going to say to everything and everyone else, this is my time to pursue reading. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Awesome. Okay, so that's tip five. The next few tips, these are things that I've found that help me feed my habit and that I've used to, to great success. Just some things to think about. One way I like to identify new books is if a movie is coming out, I will look and see if it's based on a book. And if it is, then I have a deadline now because I have to read the book before the movie comes out. That's just something that's helped me. I also find that often movies are made from really good books. In general, they don't take garbage books and try to make them into blockbuster films. So, Unless the movie is about vampires. Colin, be kind. <laughs> be kind. Those were incredibly successful. You're just jealous. All right. So again, that's just one tip, right? If you're like, I don't know what to read. That's a good tip. Oh, there's this movie coming out. Is it based on a book? Fancy that. It is based on a book. Now I've got two months where I know I need to get this done before I watch the movie. That could be a real motivator. A way to keep track. That's something a lot of people don't know how to do. I like to use Amazon and I like to use their list feature. I find that very useful. So you see a book or you hear about one or someone says something, I just type it into Amazon, I find the book, and then I just add it to my wish list. And that wish list, it's always present. I can look it up at work. I can look it up at, at home. I can use my phone. And it's just kind of nice to always have this running list. And then as people mention books, if, I, if it's already on my list, I'll move it up the list. And it's just, I don't necessarily always buy them. I don't use Amazon Kindle that way. But it's just something to keep track. There's a bunch of things. Goodreads is another app that you can use to keep track of your books. It even has a neat feature where you can use your phone on your the camera on your phone and scan all the books you own and it uploads them into your library. It's kind of a neat feature. I've used that for a long time. But I'm always, always, always adding and subtracting, changing my list using that feature and others. So that's just a good way to kind of find and keep track of what you're trying to read. Another thing I really like, have you seen these calling these take a book, leave a book locations? They're often at like public libraries or sometimes you just see them at uh, churches or other things like that where they'll just be a bookshelf and it's like take a book, leave a book. Sometimes hotels will have them. Have you seen yeah. those around? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Can't say that I've participated in it, but I know what you're talking about. So some people are concerned about acquiring books. They don't like to gather a lot of stuff. And uh, this is one way that I find really easy. If I found a book, I read it, it was okay, great. And then I can go to that location and maybe drop off a book and pick up something else. So that's just one way you can, if, if the amount of stuff is something you're worried about, that's one way you can kind of work your way around that. 
last thing, this is something that I do. I will find and buy and keep the ones that matter the most to me. And I will actually display those. And it's kind of like, I don't know, an old Victorian man with his mounts of, you know, African game on the wall. Yeah. That, you know, when people walk into my, my den, which I don't own, or, you know, I'm in a rented townhouse. Who am I kidding? But <laughs> it kind of shows to others that these things matter to me. And I find them great conversation topics. I've turned back to some of those books in the past. Uh, some I've, you know, highlighted important things to me, right? They will last generations. So those are some of my hints, tips, and tricks on how to start, how to foment that habit of reading. And then once you're kind of in it, th these are some things that have worked for me in order to keep reading. And I will tell you, Colin, I have more books to read than I have years left in life. I, there's just more out there than I have time for. There's so much good out there. Start today for where you are. Yeah. And that's a good problem to have, Reed, that there are more good books than you have years left to live to read them. How sad would it be if there wasn't enough good, worthwhile knowledge worth pursuing to fill the rest of your life? Yeah. What a sad position that would yeah, be. I don't want to be in that place. All right. What might have been? Ugh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I really like your list of tips and tricks. I have only two that I want to add to it. Solid. Let's hear them. So the first one is don't be afraid to take notes that you should pursue entering a piece of yourself, annotating your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your agreements, your disagreements into the book in whatever format that you are using to, to consume it. Obviously, if you are reading a hard copy book, that means writing in the book. And don't be afraid to use a pen. I mean, you can use a pencil that, that can be erased, but the, the things that you write in the book at that point in that time was important to you and, and will likely be important to you again at a later time. You want to go back and, and remember that. Can I throw the caveat in here that we're not talking about books from the library or those that you've borrowed from <laughs> yes. friends? I have to tell you, it's incredibly irritating when you get a book back and they've like staked a claim. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I guess you can have it now since you've clearly marked it, you know, like some animal in the forest or something. Here, it's yours now. But just a little <laughs> caveat, I want to throw that in there. Yeah, and on that note... One great way to take notes on a book is actually to not take notes in the book at all, but to have a a system set up in like a set of index cards or a digital document that you keep on your computer where you take notes in the book, but not in the book. You know, on that index card or in that document, make sure you're annotating page number, paragraph number, line number, especially if you're reading like a classics, you know, a great book, something like the Odyssey, the Iliad, uh, anything by Greek philosophers are usually going to have paragraph and line numbers annotated. So you can write that down on the index card or in your digital uh, Word doc exactly where to find that thing again. And so if you want to remind yourself of the things that were really important from that book, you actually don't have to go get the book again, but you can just pull out your notes. 
Yeah, that's a great suggestion. The point is, I don't want you to be afraid to insert yourself into the book. The things that, that you find important, write that down somewhere so that you can remember it because it was important enough to write down just like the book itself was important enough to write down. Not only that, but there's something to the act of writing that makes things able to be recalled by your brain, right? It's the act of putting pen or pencil to paper and writing notes, and that can help you remember stuff. Yeah, it's part of the learning process. And another way to think about it, I'm going to use an analogy here of eating food, right? You can go to the store and you can purchase a really nice cut of meat, you know, a beef brisket, a pork butt or something like that. And you own it, but you haven't actually consumed it yet. It hasn't become part of you until you go through the act of cooking the thing, ingesting it and processing it through your body. And part of consuming a book is processing it through your body, literally using your body to process the information through the act of writing and taking notes. I really like that analogy. Okay. And then my second thing that I'd like to add to your tips is have an accountability group. Don't let professional reading be a solitary act. I want you to involve others. And this can take many forms. It can be like a book club. That's usually what we would think of as far as like involving others into your reading, but it doesn't have to be just a book club. It could be joining an organization, a business like I have, online great books. It could be that you just want to share knowledge of what you read with other people. So you could have, I don't know, in, in like a staff meeting, you could have a five minutes, okay, what did you read this week? What are the major takeaways? It could be that in our Facebook discussion group, you bring up that you're reading this particular book and this is what you learn from it and you can recommend it to others. The practice of sharing knowledge will then reinforce what you have read and, and help you get better at using it in your profession as an Air Force officer or in the pursuit of becoming one. So those are my two things. Uh, don't be afraid to take notes and then involve other people in your professional reading. Yeah, I love it. Good suggestions. Well, Reed, we don't want to belabor this too much more. We just want to em emphasize here that anybody that is listening to this podcast and even those who are not can and should benefit from the practice of professional reading. We hope that this episode is useful to you in the pursuit of that knowledge in helping you become better Air Force officers and better servants of all those other people that should be reading as well. All right. Colin, I have one more question before we go. What are you reading right now? Well, so I just finished PCS to Corporate America by Roger Cameron. And I have just started How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Sounds good. So I am reading The Mission, The Men, and Me by Pete Blaber again. That is a fantastic book and I've read it multiple times and it's one of those that I need to kind of remind myself of every once in a while. So that's what I'm in the middle of right now. Awesome. All right. And with that, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Commission Ed. Thank you for listening to Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. 
The views and opinions of the authors expressed herein do not state or reflect those of the government and shall not be used for advertising or product endorsement purposes. Mention of any specific commercial products, process, or service by trade name, trademark, manufacturer, or otherwise does not necessarily constitute nor imply its endorsement, recommendation, or favoring by the U.S. government. The mention of companies by name is solely for the purpose of discussion and should not be implied as endorsement.